Welcome back to Keep Idaho Red Radio, and uh, we are uh, on KIDO, 107.5 FM, 580 AM. I'm with Tom Luna. I'm Victor Miller. And uh, now we're going to turn a segment to a good friend of ours who's done an amazing amount of good work on behalf of Idahoans uh, this year, and his name is Blaine Kanzati. And I think I actually pres- I think I pronounced your name properly. Anyway, he is the president of the Idaho Family Policy Center, and um, I was very grateful to go to a, his f- fundraiser recently. It was a fantastic evening, a great celebration. And uh, what I want to do in this segment, Tom and I want to do, is that night you presented five different main goals that you were looking to do in this year's legislature and uh, legislation. And we want to just talk to you about how those things have been going. So. Good morning to you, Blaine Kanzati. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. It's good to have you back. So three of the things that you are doing, the legislation has either hit this morning or it's going to be on the House floor or it's going to be in a committee tomorrow. So you're you're obviously very active. So why don't we start with the, um, there was a a bill for protecting girls in in school bathrooms, right? was one of the things that you wanted to do. So talk about the bill that addresses that and what's going on with it. Senate Bill 1100 is sponsored by Senator Ben Adams in Nampa and Representative Ted Hill out of Eagle. And that bill maintains separate bathrooms, locker rooms, and showers for biological boys and biological girls in public schools. Um, And it's really important. We've seen almost two dozen school districts across the state allow biological boys to use girls' facilities. Um, And so the state needs to step in and protect the privacy and safety of these girls by passing this legislation. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of the things this bill does is it removes the litigation risk from the schools and places it a place where someone could actually maybe go toe-to-toe, and that's the state. So talk about the liability side of that and why that is different than the average bill. Yeah, so this legislation preempts the ability of local school districts to pass their own policies, and because of that preemption, school districts are no longer liable for their policies. When they follow state law, the state would shoulder the burden of defending um, the school if there was some sort of legal action. Uh, We've seen the Biden administration put a ton of pressure on schools to allow boys to use girls' bathrooms and locker rooms and showers. There's been threats to withhold federal funds, and certainly we've seen even in the state of Idaho, some families sue local schools um, if they don't allow boys to use those girls' facilities. And so many of the schools are actually happy that the state legislature is taking this issue head-on because it provides them cover. Schools should not be uh, fighting the cultural battles. Schools should be Schools should not be fighting the culture war battle. Schools should be uh, teaching students, and this legislation allows them to do that and gives them the certainty that they need to formulate good policies on this issue. And to a certain extent, this dove- does dovetail with the um, Fairness in uh, Women's Sports Act, which Idaho passed a couple years ago, where, again, we're looking out to protect girls' interests. Yeah, so Title IX is a long-standing federal law that protects equal educational opportunities for both sexes by prohibiting sex discrimination, and the Fairness in Women's Sports Act and this bill both uphold the spirit of Title IX. Title IX allows schools to maintain separate facilities, bathroom facilities, locker rooms, showers for boys and girls, Um, and so this legislation is entirely consistent with the intention of Title IX back when Congress passed it in the early 1970s. 
Uh, great. And, and folks, we're here at the state capitol, so if you hear some background noise, that's what's going on. But uh, Blaine is here representing his own uh, passions and his the organization that he's the executive director of, Idaho Family Policy Center. They've got some big stuff working through the legislature. A, a quick follow-up. Um, a lot of people out there are scratching their heads like, really? This takes a piece of legislation to keep boys out of girls' bathrooms. Uh, and they're also hearing a lot of misinformation about just what the re reason, the intent, and the effect of this bill. So talk, talk to our, the listeners and, and help them understand some of the things that they've heard that aren't accurate and just what the real purpose and intent of the bill is. Yeah, the intent of the legislation is to protect the privacy and safety rights of all students. Students can't learn if they don't feel safe at Absolutely. school. Absolutely. Um, and so one of the cool things about this bill is that it requires schools to provide reasonable accommodations to any student who is unwilling or unable for whatever reason to use the facilities that are designated for their biological sex. So if a kid is being bullied in the locker room, if a kid's being bullied in the bathroom, he or she could request a reasonable accommodation from the school. Um, and then the same thing for children who are struggling with gender dysphoria um, or whatever other reason a student might have, this legislation protects the privacy and safety rights of all students by ensuring they feel safe in these vulnerable places. So we're speaking with Blaine Kanzati. He's the president of the Idaho Family Policy Center. You're listening to KIDO and KLIX in the Magic Valley. Another big issue for you, which uh, actually came off the floor, I think it was this morning, the, this is Thursday, but we're talking about a bill that came through the House last year, House Bill 666, which was to deal, which was aptly titled, which was dealing with some inappropriate materials that were being, our children being exposed to in public libraries and in their public school libraries. And now that's morphed. There was a bill that was uh, narrowly defeated last year, but it went back to the shop. It got some new parts in it. And it looks like this bill is, um, is, is, is a good bill. Tell us about it. What's the name of it? House Bill what? And what's it going to do for us? House Bill 314, called the Children's School and Library Protection Act, protects kids from obscene material at their public libraries and their local schools. Now, most schools and libraries are doing a great job not distributing this pornographic material to kids. There are some throughout the state. And I think that's an important point to make, right? Yep. That, that, that nobody's accusing all libraries, all teachers, all schools, right? Yeah. But we know what happens. Yep. There's a few dozen schools and libraries across the state that are not doing a good job. They are making that obscene material available to kids. They're able to do that because there's an exemption in our state obscenity law that allows schools and libraries to distribute that harmful material. And so what this legislation does is create a statewide policy that requires schools and libraries to restrict children's access to obscene materials. We're not talking about banning these books. We're simply saying if you're going to have these obscene materials available at the local library or at the school, don't give it to kids. Check IDs, take reasonable steps, segregated into a different section of the library. There's many things you could do to protect the kids from this harmful material. And we know the harms that pornography causes developing brains. So last year, I believe that there were some consequences in the original bill that some people thought went too far. Talk to us about the consequences if a school or a public library uh, violates this law. Yeah, so the enforcement mechanism for the Children's School and Library Protection Act is essentially a negligence civil action. So we're creating a duty of care for schools and libraries to restrict children's access to these materials. And if a school or library breaches that duty of care, they would face civil liability in the same way that any other institution, if they're negligent, would face civil liability as well. So again, I, I want to give you the opportunity, some of the misinformation that 
people are hearing out there. I think we just addressed one that there's some um, uh, s some drastic consequences, right? That that are unfair, go too far. But what are some of the others? The big one is the question of what constitutes obscenity. So the question we keep getting asked is, who's going to decide what's obscene and what's not obscene? There's different standards. Different families have different ideas of what's appropriate for their kids. That's certainly the case. This legislation codifies the Supreme Court test called the Miller test for obscenity. So it's a three-pronged test. Essentially, if it appeals to the sexual interests of minors and it doesn't have artistic, literary, or scientific value for minors, then it's obscene. Um, and that's, again, a test that was given by the U.S. Supreme Court. It's the best test that the federal courts have ever come up with, and that's not a subjective test, right? The judge is going to instruct the jury accordingly, and the jury will be able to decide whether any particular material falls under that definition. There was a, also something last week where people saying like, well, you know, it's $10,000 per, and you could have 10 different people complain about the same book, and it's $100,000 against a school system. So that, I felt like that was dealt with in this new iteration of the bill. Maybe talk about that so people can realize what's actually happening, because the press kind of made a little bit of hay on that, and I don't think it was appropriate. Yeah, so we've reduced the statutory damages to $2,500 per plaintiff. So if a minor is exposed to those harmful materials because of the negligence of the school or the library, um, they, would, they would sue the school or library for uh, $2,500 in damages for the harm that they suffered. And again, pornography really does harm children. Um, and so the families need to be able to recover for those losses. So another big uh, thing that you have got going at the Family Policy Center, Idaho Family Policy Center, is uh, you're following the Vulnerable Child Protection Act. So tell people what is that addressing specifically and what's going on at the State House relative to that? Is that bill moving? It's moving. So the bill is House Bill 71, the Vulnerable Child Protection Act. It's our third year running this legislation to protect kids from irreversible sex change drugs and procedures. So we're talking about puberty blocking drugs and cross sex hormones that cause irreversible sterility and lifelong sexual dysfunction. We're talking about sex reassignment surgeries that are performed on girls as young as 16, but boys usually about 18 years old. And these drugs and surgeries cause lifelong harms to children. A child is not equipped to make these types of decisions that will affect the rest of their lives, um, affect their quality of life, significantly reduce their life expectancy. And so we're saying, you know, this is a social contagion and kids need to be protected. And this is a bill, I believe, that was introduced by Representative Bruce Skog. Yep. It's gone through the House. And so tell us what's the next, what's the next stop for the bill, and are you hopeful that it will actually get to the governor's desk? The bill will receive a full committee hearing in the Senate Judiciary and Rules Committee tomorrow, Friday, and uh, then it will move to the Senate floor, and we're very optimistic. You know, a, a good number of other Republican-led states have passed legislation dealing with this issue, and it's time for Idaho to follow, follow suit, and we think that the, the legislators are ready for this type of reform. And uh, folks, we're visiting with Blaine Kazanti, uh, who is the executive director of the Idaho Family Policy Center, the different pieces of legislation that you're moving forward and the status of them. I see a common theme here. It's about children and what's best for children uh, and, and their environment and their safety. So talk about your center. Talk about how people can learn more about your center, website, how they can participate in helping the work that you're doing, and also the fact that 
this focuses so much on the safety of children. And maybe even donate, right? Yeah, there absolutely. Yeah, we've really made an intentional focus on protecting kids from these threats. Uh, kids today experience more threats than ever before, whether it's the radical gender ideology, the sexualization that's you know found in porn or sexual exhibitions. Um, all of it is really harming kids, and so we've intentionally gone after that. You can learn more about our organization at IdahoFamily.org, IdahoFamily.org. Uh, um, and we'd love, we'd love your support. Sign up for action alerts and updates from the legislature. And we can find ways to get you involved. A lot of people want to get involved and make a difference. Get connected with our organization. And we'll help you do that. Folks, uh, it's been a pleasure, Blaine, to have you here on the show. You've been here before. We'll have you back after the session and talk about the successes and what people can expect uh, and, and how it's going to benefit children throughout Idaho. Thank you for being on Keep Idaho Red. Thanks. Appreciate and it. You bet. And folks, we'll be back right after this.